Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the One Broke Actress Podcast, an honest account of actor life plus a few lessons I learn in the process. I am your host, Sam Valentine, and today we are up to Season 10, Episode 8. And Sierra Payton, who was on episode six of the first ever podcast season, is back. By the way, she has had a ride since she was on this podcast five years ago. Sierra portrayed Wendy Williams in the biopic on Lifetime. Yeah, kind of a big freaking deal. She had a billboard, you guys. A billboard. She talks about what that feeling of quote-unquote making it was like and how the ebbs and flows still exist for her. She also talks about her experience on BET's The Oval, which she's done several seasons of at this point, and she takes us through the day-to-day life and what has changed since her last podcast. Also, on her off time, she manages the Michael's Daughter Foundation, which is her nonprofit that serves communities affected by incarceration. So we get real about how she manages her time and what her day-to-day life is like now and how her acting process has evolved. Self-tapes, rejection, burnout, we hit on all of it today, guys. So without further ado, please enjoy Sierra Payton. Tomorrow is one year since the first podcast teaser trailer came out in 2017. You and I, our episode debuted in October of 2017. Sierra Payton, it is now 2022. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy to be back. I mean, you've been rocking it out since then. And I got to say, I've just been so proud of you, so impressed, and just extremely inspired by all that you're doing. So thank you for having me back. Well, right back at you, because I just listened to your last podcast episode. And to see the trajectory your life has taken since then is Really, really fun. So before we get kind of into the weeds of what happened over the last five years, will you kind of tell us a little bit about who you are and where you come from and where you are now? Yeah. You know, I got to say the story is ever evolving and sometimes I pick different chapters (laughs) to tell. But, you know, for the most part, I'm originally from New Orleans and went to New Orleans Center for Creative Arts because just at a young age, I I don't know, just the arts spoke to me. I started out in middle school playing clarinet, taking visual art classes, a few, very, very few dance classes. And somehow, some way I found my way into, you know, the drama program. And then from New Orleans Center for Creative Arts, I ended up going to the North Carolina School of the Arts, which is now the University of the North Carolina School of the Arts. And I went there and did the whole deep dive into conservatory training of, you know, being an actor and learning all the Shakespeare and Moliere and George Bernard Shaw and all of that stuff. And then graduated. My friend in college, Catherine Elkington, she and I and her dad packed up a U-Haul, drove up to New York, got a apartment in Astoria, Queens, lived in a fifth floor walk-up, I think our apartment was probably a closet (laughs) between the two of us. We just mucked it out. I mean, we were there. I, you know, just started networking with a lot of different people, got involved with the Negro Ensemble Company. That led to me getting my first off-Broadway play, which led to me getting a New York Times write-up, which caught the eye of a casting director in LA, whom 
you know, had me come out here to test for a pilot, pilot that I did not get, which I know I talked about in the last episode. You know, from there, I just stayed in LA. I've been out here since 2010. And it's been a very unique journey. I think it's just been, you know, etched out for me in so many weird, crazy ways and fun ways as well. I'm still trying to figure out like why do things happen the way that they did, you know, or, or why they didn't happen the way that I wanted them to happen and all that stuff. But yeah, it's just, you know, I came out here, slept on a few friends' couches, finally got my own apartment, worked two and three jobs, just the normal actor story that you hear. But last couple years, some things have just kind of shifted, you know, but I'm still learning what this whole thing about being an actor is all about. And just also like what this whole thing about being a human being is all about. And it's, it's trippy. They're so correlated. (laughs) It's 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 crazy. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Just to name a few things, like for example, on our last podcast episode, you told the story of booking your first Tyler Perry film when you were on your way to get food stamps, which is still one of those stories that it just like gives me chills. And Now you've done how many seasons of The Oval with Tyler Perry? I believe, wait, ooh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say the real (laughs) number, but season four (laughs) is coming out in October 2022. So yeah, season four. That's crazy. It's insane. Can you connect the dots a little bit? Because you have other projects I want to hit on, like especially Wendy Williams, but I would love to hear what happened between, so you filmed that movie. We did the podcast a few months, I think after you filmed it. And then where do we wind up back on Tyler's radar? How did that happen? So, and I don't know if I mentioned this in the last podcast, but I mean, I had been auditioning for him for years. I mean, years before I booked that movie. And I had also met him in 2008. I can't remember if I share that story or not. I don't think you did. I don't think you did. Yeah. I I met him through Dr. Maya Angelou because I was taking her classes at Wake Forest University and she basically put in a good word for me. Next thing I know, I got to meet him on the set of Medea Goes to Jail in 2008. And so I ended up being an extra in Medea Goes to Jail. That was 2008. Then 2017, I do Medea's family funeral. Like I said, I've been auditioning for him for all those years. That was about 10 years of just like auditioning. And the amount of content that he puts out, that's a lot of auditions. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, at times I was like, is this like, am I being pranked or something? (laughs) Like, you know, like, dude, are you going to hire me? Like what's going on? You know? But so we shoot the movie in 2017 and I was just like, there's some transitions going on in my life, which, you know, had to happen the way that they did. I think I ended up booking The Walking Dead Cause one day I just was like, I don't know. I just had this feeling. I was like, you should go do some gun training and learn how to do some AK 47 and do some Muay Thai stuff. And I did that for a couple months. And then I get this audition for walking dead and they were like, Oh, we need people who are skilled in this. And I did it. Then I ended up booking it. And then I ended up working on an episode as a guest star for walking dead. Then I ended up booking ballers. And so, and I don't want to make this also like credit driven or whatever, but you know, between working on that movie and then I did, you know, a few guest star roles. It was just an interesting kind of time because even the cast and I, my fellow cast members on that movie, we were all like, oh yeah, we can't wait for 2018. Like this movie's going to come out. Everything's going to be great. And the movie didn't come out in 2018. They decided to push it back. 
And so we all were like, oh my gosh, like what's going on? What's going on? And, you know, I had booked those other things that I mentioned, but then, you know, life of an actor. I mean, just because you book something or, you know, you work on something, it doesn't mean like you're now a multimillionaire or whatever, you know? So I was having to pivot a lot because I had gone through a a really interesting transition in my life, a breakup. I was in a place of just really trying to, you know, find employment, survival gig stuff, and just kind of keep my head afloat. And I ended up teaching as a teaching artist for the Center Theater Group and driving 50 to 80 miles a day to like just different schools. I don't want to say how much they pay because it was was good pay after a while. But, you know, just kind of like working my fingers to the bone and Finally, in 2019, they released the movie. It was really awesome because, you know, we were on a billboard, the whole cast, and it was just kind of those moments where you're like, man, like, this is what I've been working so hard for over these years. However, what was so interesting about that, and not to say that I was super naive or anything, but, you know, the auditions are still coming in, you know, and like, no one cares, you know, they don't care that you're on a billboard or, you're in a Tyler Perry movie or whatever, like, or you're, I mean, I guess some people care to a certain extent, but I'm talking about the business per se, you know, it was like, no one was going to hand anything at all to me, or it was just like, okay, so what your movie's out, you still got to do the work, you still got a 12 page audition that's due tomorrow at 10am. you know. <laughs> and so yeah, yeah, I think that's such a, a part of it that I love to talk about is that there's so much emphasis put on these bookings and gaining credits. But the emphasis to book and gain credits is not necessarily for the goal of what we think it is. I think there's this unsung hero of like, well, if you book enough, eventually they'll just hand you things or they'll offer you things. And sure, eventually, but not as soon as we think it is. And every day that it's like so special for us to be on a set, it's a lot of other people's just another day at the office. And so you just kept auditioning. Yeah, (laughs) kept auditioning, (laughs) kept teaching. I mean, and it was bizarre too, because, you know, I was teaching in like Carson and just different neighborhoods in LA. And so the kids were very familiar with the Tyler Perry work and everything. So I show up as their teacher and they're like, what? Like you're on a Tyler Perry movie, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, kids, we'll talk about that later, but like, let's stick to the assignment, you know, but I I wanted to give them a little bit of insight. Like, yeah, you see me on a billboard, you see me in this movie, but I'm here teaching, you know, like this, you have to understand what this business is, you know, and and being on TV doesn't always equate what we have kind of fantasized it to be about. But I, I do remember that was as fun and amazing as the whole experience was. And you know, doing the press and going to the premiere and stuff, it was a really kind of jarring time for me too, because just a lot of people don't understand what your job as an actor is. And all of a sudden I just felt this crazy pressure that like, now you're this, like now you're a celebrity, now you're making a lot of money. Now you're the doors, the floodgates of this is going to happen. And for the majority of people that I was coming into contact with, they're just kind of that energy that was being given, it was just a little, it kind of rocked my world a little bit because in my mind, I was like, I'm just doing my job. I'm trying to enjoy this, but I'm also, I want to stay grounded and not put too much expectation into this one opportunity because we don't know what's going to happen. And so, you know, again, I, I just kept 
auditioning, auditioning and getting no's and no's and no's and no's. And she's not enough. She's not this. She's not a star. She's not known enough. She doesn't have a name. She's whatever. Like she's too tall. She's not. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like this is insane. You know, like this is, this is a lot. I just kind of got into a space where I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to try my best every day to just enjoy what I can, enjoy what I can control, get up, put one foot in front of the other, just really use this time to exercise my faith and just like trust in God and the higher power that everything's going to be okay. What I really started to just instill in me, and it's hard to, but I just started to instill in me that like, hey, Sierra, like what's for you is for you. You know, these people can say whatever they want to say, the gatekeepers or whomever, they can put you down or whatever, have their opinions, but you know that what's meant for you is meant for you. And so around May of 2019, I ended up getting this audition for this pilot and I ended up getting called back. Then I get called back again for like the test or whatever. I remember one of my reps at the time, you know, he was just like, you got to get this. Like, I don't understand why you're not booking and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, oh my God, don't tell me that. Like, please don't let me get in my head before I go into this. Um, That's not like super helpful yeah. before a test. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I go in and I just remember, I think one of the guys brought his wife in to test with him because he had already like booked the role or something. And the minute I saw that, I was like, well, you're not getting this. He's going to like fight for his wife or whatever, you know, and I heard the whole team and stuff laughing behind the doors. And I was like, and I'll correct too, just say that it wasn't so much about me being like, oh, you're not going to get this. I just had a moment where I was like, this isn't your role either. And if you got to wait another like 50 more auditions or a hundred more auditions until that role is like, it's going to be fine. Like you're going to be okay, no matter what. And so right after that test, I ended up getting the audition for Tyler Perry's The Oval. Like I said, I was at this place where I was like, look, what's meant for me is meant for me, whatever, you know? So I do the audition. I had to do a self-tape. I get the call back. And I was just on my, my merry own way. Like I was just like, all right, still teaching. Summer's coming up. Got my summer camp that I do. Just going to rock that out and see what happens. At this time, I had to go out to New York for the premiere She's Gotta Have It because I ended up booking a couple episodes on that show the previous year. And I get out there and I get to my friend's apartment. And before I put my head down to go to sleep, my phone is like just blasting off the hook. And I'm like, what is going on? And it's my manager. And he's like, you got to you gotta test in Atlanta tomorrow. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I can't afford to fly myself out to Atlanta. Like, what are you talking about? You know? And he's like, no, 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 they're going to fly you out, but this is for the oval. And also they want you to read for another series and blah. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then I'm just like, well, I'm going to most likely miss the premiere. She's got to have it. So you know, I was just like, let me get myself together. Like I had nothing to wear for the audition. I literally like had like evening gowns and stuff for the premiere of she's got to have it. So I like rush the H&M, try to like find like something to like wear for this test. They put me on a plane the next day and I get to Atlanta and I'll make a very long story short. I end up going down there to Atlanta and auditioning in front of Tyler and his whole team. And on the spot, as soon as I was done, he was like, all right, you're Lily. And I was like, whoa, you know, but I'll tell you this though. I was super excited, but then I was like, keep calm and carry on Sierra, because 
you know, you just don't know in this business sometimes, right? And so there were 10 other girls behind me auditioning for that same role. And I don't know, you know what I mean? So I was just like, super excited. Can't wait to be working with you. Let me get back on this plane and go to New York. About a month and a half, maybe, maybe two months went, went by, heard nothing. Just radio silence. What? They didn't have, did you sign a contract before that test? I did. I, I signed, actually, Okay. hold on, hold on. Well, I don't know. I'm sure I signed something because those details are a little yeah. fuzzy, but just, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. And, you know, strangely enough during this time, I, my father had had some health issues. And so it was pretty serious and I had to fly down to New Orleans, you know, visit him in the hospital and stuff. And literally while I'm at the hospital with my dad, I get the call and they're like, we got a contract. I'm like, wait, what? A contract for what? And they're like, it's for the Oval. I'm like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? And they're like, and they want to fly you out in two days to do costume fitting. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you know? So I'm like, I'm like, okay. And they're like, they're going to be shooting in a couple of weeks. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is going on? And then it was like hilarious because my dad's like, we, we thought we were going to lose my dad. And like, I get this news and I tell him and like, all of a sudden he just like comes to life, you know, it's just like, oh, okay. You know, and I'm like, all right, great. You know, everything's alive now, you know? So I ended up shooting season one. I want to say July, it was July or August of 2019. It was incredible. It was a roller coaster ride. It was, it was everything that you could expect, you know, your first series regular role to be. I'll, I'll stop there. Cause I can talk, you know, I can talk. <laughs> That's amazing. You're so, this is so great. I have some follow-up questions to what you had said previously. First, when Medea's family funeral came out and it was a different time and you had booked a couple of things since then. And it was like, we're on the billboard, we're on this, we're on that. And you felt there was a pressure of an expectation and you were like, people don't understand what the job of an actor is. What would you say the job of an actor is and what pressures were put on you in that time? You know, I think when you really scale it back and I think all of us who have gotten into it and and took that brave step of being like, I want to be an actor, you know, we got into it for so many different reasons. And yes, some of those reasons, you know, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with saying this is like, yeah, you want to experience the flashing lights and the glam and the whatever, the the publicity of it all, I would say. But I do think a lot of what the job as an actor is, I mean, yeah, it's not a conventional job, like clocking in somewhere or whatever, but your job is to just show human existence, to show human behavior on screen. And with that, you have no idea how many people you can touch, how many lives you can impact, you know, how many people you can just bring joy into their homes, you know, for a certain amount of time. And so for me, and for, I think a lot of us who have gone into it, it's noble, it's crazy, it's insane, it's fun. It's, you know, it's all of those, you know, just heightened adjectives that I can't even like think of right now, but it's amazing. Conditionally though, I do think that at times it is a little unfortunate that the conditioning of it all is that you're not a real actor or you're not somebody until you're in the limelight per se, you know? And it's just like, I think if we treat every role, you know, those little off Broadway, you know, 
50 seat theater roles just as important as we would if we were number one on the call sheet roles. I, I just think that that's where the gold is because whoever is looking and wants to partake in your experience of breathing life into a character, they can take something away from that no matter what. When Medea came out and the expectation, and I, I think a lot of it was innocent, you know, and, and not malicious intent behind any of it, but it just felt very much like, oh, you're a star now. Like, okay, now that you're doing this and you're on that, like you're super famous, you're a celebrity, you're a star, like, okay, well, why are you still teaching? Mm, like you shouldn't have been living your day-to-day life as you continued to. It should have yeah. shifted like instantly. Yeah. And it feels like you have to own up to people for that, right? Like you have to explain yourself. Exactly. And then there was also this notion too. It's something I'm still trying to really grasp. And I I probably don't have a full understanding of it, you know, but this notion of, oh, she's doing something or she's got some visibility. Now I got to like align with her. I got to be her friend. I have to like, or I have to cling on to her. I have to, you know, and that was just like super overwhelming too. Cause I'm like the last thing I want to do while in the middle of auditioning and promoting a movie and doing my teaching jobs is like to hang out. <laughs> I mean, not like, and I don't want to say that that's a bad way to say it, you know, but it's just like, when you got this like flood of like calls and texts of like, you're on the movie. I saw the movie. Now we need to hang out. I need to hang out. I got to see you. I got to do that. And I'm like, wait, 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 you know? Well, it feels like, correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels as though people have to reaffirm their friendship with you. Yeah. In those times to be like, just so you know, we are still friends, right? Just because I know you're, it feels like it, there's like this onslaught of, and I've experienced it in the teeniest, tiniest way, but it does feel like people come out of the woodwork. What would have been helpful for you to have received at that time from your peers? I will say this again. I think a lot of it, I know a lot of it was very innocent and, you know, coming from a good place and everything. Of course. But it was very overwhelming. Because again, a lot of times that comes with like, I need something from you. Like today I have a friend of mine, I was on the phone with her and she's having a premiere this weekend. And I was like congratulating her. But then at one point I was like, I just want her to know that I'm proud of her, you know, like that's all I want her to know. I'm going to go to the thing on Saturday and I'm, I'm not, Hey, so proud of you. Awesome movie. And that's it. Like, I don't need to be like, now I need you in my corner all of a sudden. Now I need you to like, we got to go get drinks afterwards or we got to, I have to see you this week for me at that time. Just, Hey, proud of you. Keep going. I'm praying that this opens up some more doors for you. But if it doesn't or or if it doesn't happen quicker or whatever, like I'm still here for you. I got your back. If you want to grab something or whatever, you know, if you need a shoulder here or there, like I'm here. And so like I think that that's just like the right energy <laughs> to kind of, you know, approach your friends that are experiencing just something, you know, really different, you know. But I, I would say, too, what was weird about it for me is that there were people that I hadn't heard from or talked to in years. I mean, like ex-boyfriends and all. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, like, hey, (laughs) I have nothing to give you. Go watch the movie. I hope you enjoy it. Like, you know, I am exhausted right now. Like, I feel like I'm being pulled left and right. I just want to like sit down and have some good tea and take a nap, you know, <laughs> like I don't want to entertain people via text or on the phone or especially not like trying to get coffee during this time. 
I think it's just like this idea of being like, she's my friend and I want to like show that to the world. Yeah, we have to like stake claim. Something I did for a friend recently who had a big movie come out and I know, I mean, she was on the morning shows and all, you know, like she did the gambit of like all the things that you know very well. And I just texted her and said, hey, do not respond to this, but I'm really proud of you and I'm really enjoying watching your career blossom. And I was like, I feel like that was the best that I could do at that point to be like, hey, like, because the movie was on a streamer. So it's not like I could go and like, take, you know what I mean? There's only so much you can share. And I feel like that was, this is an important lesson, right? Because especially from where the podcast has evolved in, if people were listening in the beginning of your first season back in like 2016, 2017, I think we're all growing. And because of that, our friends are growing. And it's just such a funny thing in Hollywood to be a part of people's careers. And some will go up and some will go down. And we're all just on this like seesaw because there's no upward trajectory. But to learn how to properly be there for someone in their pop and in their valley, I think is a really important lesson. Big time. And I just think too, a lot of people don't understand what press is. Now that I've experienced some of what that is, like the last thing I want to do while somebody's doing press or promoting a movie or having their pop, like you said, is like, try to like steal time from them. You know, it's like press is just what I think the general population, just so that they can know it's like, it's a time to promote the project that you worked on. And yeah, you also use it as your time to introduce yourself to the world and to the audience of the the project. Yeah, I guess there's a notion of like, you've arrived, but it's also just like, oh no, it's, it's just time to promote this thing and talk about it and try to get some eyes on it and share a little bit of who I am through it, you know, <laughs> and that's it. You know? Yeah, it's funny because I feel like it is often much more about the project than it is about you, but it's more about like your role in the project. Did you feel this way too with the Wendy Williams movie? Yeah. I mean, the Wendy Williams movie, I mean, it definitely like that happened on a bigger scale, but I would say that that was crazy. I'm not going to lie. I I was like- I mean, you were on your own billboard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Well, thank you, Sam. I I mean, I- I got so excited. I was like, that's Sierra. For me, again, it was just, and I don't know, like, I, I don't know if that's kind of- part of my upbringing or whatever, but there was a part of me that was like, okay, enjoy it, but just enjoy just a little bit, just a little bit, because you don't know what's going to happen next. You don't know what's going to happen next. You know, like just try to be in this moment now, be in this moment now. This is a business. You never know. You don't know what's going to happen. So just like enjoy it, but don't enjoy it too much. You know? (laughs) And so like, I remember I heard about the billboard and I just was like, do I want to go see it? Do I not? Like, you know, and then my fiance was like, yes, let's go see it. Like, let's go, let's go see it you're on a billboard. Why not go and see that? And we went, but you know, I didn't really have like a big like celebration thing or whatever. I mean, obviously it was COVID. Yeah. That movie came out in 2020, right? 2021, January, 2021. So you filmed it in 2020. Yeah. During COVID. Yeah. Ooh. I would love to know how different the pressures are of filming a biopic of someone who's going to see you play them. How involved was Wendy in the project? And did you get to meet her? How was that for you? She was very involved. And I would say the pressure was, I mean, if I would have been playing anyone else, I feel like the pressure would have been so much easier. But for those of you who know Wendy Williams, watched her show, 
or are part of the fan base, the fans know Wendy, you know what I mean? And so I was like, yeah, this is going to be really interesting. Like I cannot slip up at all because the fans are going to take it to social media streets. You know, I just did my best to just eat, breathe, sleep, walk, everything Wendy Williams. And thank goodness for COVID, because when you go up to Canada, I don't know if the thing is still happening now, but at that time you had to quarantine for two weeks. And so I was in a hotel room for two weeks and I was like, okay, I'm going to use this time. I'm going to learn my lines and I'm going to become Wendy Williams. And so I just woke up every morning, watch Wendy Williams, every interview, every show I could watch, just everything, just practice in the mirror as much as I could, just was breaking down the script constantly, just doing everything. I didn't get to physically meet her, but we spoke on the phone. I think the first time we spoke, it was probably like four or five hours. And then the second time we spoke was like three hours. And I was just like, you know what? I'm good. I got everything I need. And so I know that she was involved a lot because she was an executive producer on the movie. So like behind the scenes, she would watch the dailies and stuff like that. And every once in a while, you know, I'll get a note or some of us got a note. It was just like little tweaks here and there. And then when I had to go back in and do ADR because I had to do the whole narration and then I had to go back and like do ADR for myself for some of my lines you know she had some notes with like line changes and stuff like that but yeah but we only spoke twice on the phone and then did her talk show and then after I did her talk show we did speak on the phone one more time because she really loved what I did with her in the movie and she was really happy about it and so So yeah, so I was like, look, as long as she's happy, like, I don't care what anyone else has to say, you know, and like, I know that I did my best and I worked really hard on it. And so, you know, I'm just going to go with that. So yeah. That's amazing. In your process for that role, was there anything different you did than in a role you normally would do other than the fact that you had so much content to absorb? You know, not, not really, to be honest, but again, I mean, This is also, like I said, my story, my career, who I am, all of that is constantly evolving and changing and growing. And so up until that point, I think a lot of women in Hollywood, like we haven't experienced really being the female lead or the lead of something. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that when you have a big bulk of material like that, I hadn't had a lot of material like that since I had done theater. And the only thing that I can equate close to it was being on the Oval. And so my approach to it was a little different because I had a big bulk of material to work on. But, you know, I still approached it from a standpoint of like, okay, well, what is the story about? Let me break down the story. Let me find the beginning, middle and end. Okay. Let me really break down like what's going on with her, like what's going to be her, her arc, like how is she going to change? What's these defining moments that make her develop her strength or her grit and so, you know, these are things that I was doing with the Oval. And, you know, when you're a guest star or co-star on a TV series, you don't, you're not doing that type of work, you know, <laughs> like, unless if like your character is, I don't know, the top of the show and coming in to wreak all kind of havoc or something. I don't know. But yeah, so I hadn't had the opportunity to really delve in like that, like I said, since doing theater. So my approach was something that I was still developing from working on the Oval. And then I brought that into the Wendy Williams movie. And it was my first time too, that I hired a reader to run my lines with me, which was cool. But I just worked on really taking it from a, almost like a metaphysical standpoint. I was kind of 
working like almost in a Reiki sense of like, okay, well, if this character is feeling this in this moment, like where does that live in my body? You know, like, so I was just trying to take it to different levels and, and see how else I could really develop this character who's a real life person. So yeah. Well, you did a beautiful job. Well, thank you. I think you've absolutely rocked it. Thank you. It's been super fun to watch. <laughs> how have things progressed since then. So you're still filming The Oval. Wendy Williams came out and it came out in a COVID time. So it's like, how much press can we do? What do we do next? What has happened for you since then? And also like your life has evolved, your team has evolved, your people, like so much has been going on. Yeah. You know, I would say that after the Wendy Williams movie, I mean, I I think a couple weeks, maybe a month after that, I had to go back and film the oval, but I had also like, I tested for some shows and had scheduling conflicts and wasn't able to do it. Uh, and I was like, what? No, you know, that's like a whole nother level of the process. So in our first episode, you talked about being flown to LA for the shameless audition, which is worth people going back and listening to, cause it's really interesting. So now you're in a place where you come off of a movie and you're going back to a show, but you're testing for things and it doesn't work out because you're literally too busy. I just want to point that out to you in case you haven't been able to take it in for yourself. Cause like that is fire. I know (laughs) in the side you're like, I just want to do all the projects, but also that's fucking rad. Well, you know, thank you. I mean, I definitely see how blessed and fortunate I have been to be in that position. You earned it though. It's not just luck. You've, you earned it. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I mean, it's just like interesting. I just felt like, you know, they talk about it takes 10 years or whatever. And I was like, whoa, this is like a little bit after the 10 year mark. I was like, is this true? You know, like how things shift and change, you know, again, it just takes me back to me just really thinking and and really just trying to instill in myself that what's meant for me is for me. And so like I said, the Whitney Williams movie definitely heightened that expectation, whether it was me putting it on myself or others. It was challenging and just an interesting place to be, you know, in, in terms of like, oh, you just starred in this movie and you're a series regular. Like, what's next for you? What are you doing next? Like, why are you not booking a whole bunch of stuff? Why are you not the lead on another series now? That pressure and those questions and and then you like get into these different settings where it's like people are like almost happy with that you're not like working again or something, you know, you're just like, what the hell? Like, this is all really trippy, you know? But yeah, it it was the journey so far since all of that has definitely been a deep dive and just self-exploration, patience. I mean, I was talking about this with one of my friends not so long ago, but last summer, I think I had edited like my hundredth audition on iMovie within a span of like eight months or something. And that was like my hundredth no, you know? (laughs) And I was just like, whoa, this is uh and then meanwhile, you're getting still getting that like the little voices on the side of like, what's wrong? You're a star. Like why aren't you what's going on? Why aren't you and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Okay, this notion of being a star and this notion of like now things are supposed to be this way and that way, like, well whatever, you know, (laughs) like I'm doing the best I can do. And, you know, maybe let me get a little religious, a little spiritual here, but maybe this is all a part of God's plan right now. Maybe I'm not supposed to be on these hundred shows and films that I auditioned for. Maybe it's just not meant to be. 
at this point. And I do, I remember it was just a really, I had a really tough time with that at one point because I was extremely burnt out. I mean, when you're doing all that press and getting a lot of visibility too at that time, yeah, you're going to have more volume of auditions. And I mean, at times I was having like five a week or so, or a couple that were due in 24 hours or whatever. And I just, I got to a place where I was just burnt out. I was like, I don't know if I could look at another set of sides again, you know? And my fiance was like, yes, you can. Like, let's just, it gets me a little emotional, but it's just like, he's like, just keep going, keep going, you know? And that's just what I did. But I did, I remember I took a moment where I was like, I need to just book out (laughs) for like a week or so and just like breathe and take a moment and kind of pull the plug a little bit because this is a lot, you know, I, I can only... I can only do so much as a human. So yeah, that's what I did. And I remember my agent was like, is everything okay? And I was like, everything's fine. I just, I just, I need a moment. <laughs> I just need a moment, you know, <laughs> like I need a moment. I think that this is, it's so real because, you know, if you look at your career, the expectation from someone who has not lived that type of career is that, oh, she got all these guest star credits and then she got this movie and then she got more and then she got a series regular and then she got a movie. And then, so it seems like, oh, well, of course. So next thing, like she's just going to get another show or something. Yeah. But that's not actually how it works. And I wish that it was that easy. I wish that this thing led to this, led to this thing, but to know that the struggle bus is still there. It just looks a little bit different than it did before, right? So instead of like clawing to get auditions and get seen, now you get all the auditions and it's like, okay, but now I've been seen and like, where is the next? So this, it's so real. And I just, I want to drive this home into actors' brains that like this, this doesn't stop. It doesn't. Like this is the bus we've chosen to ride. (laughs) There's this crazy idea, I think too, that we get in our heads that once you reached a certain status, like you're not going to have to audition anymore. And it's like, no, 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 no. You're still auditioning. And people are still going to tell you 100% why you're not right for their role, for what they want. And I got to a point where I was like, look, guys, I love you, my reps. But I was like, y'all can hold back on the feedback. Like, (laughs) I'm I'm good. I'm good. You know? No more feedback. And it's like, and they were like, wait, what? And I'm like, hey, I, I respect this casting director. I respect this producer, this director. But I just... I don't need to hear anymore like, oh, she just didn't fit the part or, oh, she wasn't, you know, she's too tall or she's this, she's that or whatever. You know, I was like, because now I'm starting to get in my head. I'm starting to think like, oh, do I need to look shorter in my self-tapes? Do I need to do something with my hair? Do I, you know, and it's just like, no, that's just a game I can't play anymore. Like, I'm going to present my best self on this day. And if you guys like it, if you're going for it, cool. If not, then my role is coming. And so, yeah, later in 2021, we did go back and we shot season four of The Oval. Yes, I recognize how fortunate I am because I had a job to go back to. And I think if I didn't have a job to go back to, things (laughs) would be just a very scary time. But after that, I've just been auditioning, auditioning and really trying to be comfortable in the unknown And again, just really drive home, just having that faith of like, Sierra, like what's meant for you is meant for you. And I have been as smart as I could be with any money that I've made. I've put so much of it in savings. 
I have splurged here and there on a few little things, which I'm not ashamed to say, but it's, but it's just like, I hope anybody that's listening to this and can take away from it is that the work continues. And I think just try to celebrate those moments as best as you can and stay as grounded and level-headed as you can and, and keep the noise out of your head. I mean, because people are going to, it's an expectation that comes with that. And, and it comes from the industry and, and not, again, it's like, not in a bad way, but it's just like, there's this notion of you've arrived and now you have to be more. And I wish, I like you said, I wish it was that kind of career trajectory in corporate America type of thing. Like you start in the mail room and then you work your way up to CEO. Like I would so love to be on here and be like, after I did the Wendy Williams movie, I booked the lead of the new procedural on NBC. And then I, I'm starring alongside Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible, you know, like, but it's just, it's, it's different. I don't know what my next role is going to be, but whatever it's going to be, I'm going to still put my best foot forward with it. And you know, enjoy it and do the work, you know, and hope that people that watch it, they take something away from it. In doing more auditions while also having more credits, has your audition work changed at all? Yes and no. I mean, every role, I mean, as you know, is different. Every audition is different. So they're going to always like require different sets of tools from me. But when you're getting a huge volume and now I would say like, I'll be transparent. It hasn't been as much as what it was, which there's parts of me that's like, that's so scary. Like I don't have five a week now or, you know, barely have like one every other week or so. Like, you know, like what's going on? But then the other part of me is like, oh, I could breathe a little bit. I can go to the beach this weekend, you know, like what I was going to say is, is that the, how I approach them, they are a little bit different because having that opportunity to play a character like Wendy Williams or be on the Oval and stuff like that, it's kind of freed me up and loosened me up a little bit. I'm not so mechanical anymore when I do my auditions. You know, it's like when you've had an opportunity, I feel like to really live in a character for a long amount of time, you feel a little bit more confident in your work as an actor. I, I think, I mean, I don't know, like that may be a little arbitrary to say on my end, but yeah, like I've just been learning about my essence and what I bring to camera and bring to screen. And so when I get an audition, it's like just trying to make sure to show myself, but also develop a character as well to display. But yeah, when you're getting something that's due in 24 hours or whatever, like sometimes it's like, I just got to get these words off the page. <laughs> you know, like, this is so lovely. So there's a lot of openness to show up to do the work, but also bring yourself to it that you just kind of gain through the confidence of being on camera a lot, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much. And, and even I would say this, even prior to booking the Tyler Perry movie or getting on the series and stuff, I think when you're just in a space where it's almost like you surrender, you know, where you're just like, because I mean, I can tell you, I've been to countless acting studios and classes and coaches and, you know, try to apply this technique, that technique. And when you get to a place where you're like, hey, I'm just going to show up because I know what's meant for me is for me. You don't have to be so like beep, boop, beep, like robot about anything. Like it's Sierra showing up as this character for this audition or Sam showing up for this character in this audition. Yeah. With that, like you just, you build your confidence up and you just walk in knowing that like you're good. And then, yeah, when you kind of start gaining that experience of, you know, 
building out a character and stuff and putting it to screen, when you get an audition, yeah, like there is kind of more confidence that comes with that. Yeah. Do you coach for your auditions now or certain ones, or do you kind of just got enough in the arsenal? Not now. It's very rare. It just really depends. But I coach more, which I know there's probably coaches out there that's like, don't listen to her, you know? <laughs> like, but I coach more so after I book the role because it's, I want to explore it a little bit. And sometimes for me, I have noticed that when I have coached for auditions, it gets me so in my head because a lot of times my instincts, whether or not somebody understands them or not, I do feel like they're right. They feel right on the mark. And then if I start getting someone kind of coming in and being like, no, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, then I'm like, wait, well, then what I thought was whatever is like not in there at all, you know? But sometimes, yeah, if I have enough time, and I'm really struggling on an audition, or I know that this is my right wheelhouse, I'll call up someone and just be like, I got to coach with you. That's really helpful. That's good to know. Sometimes I think actors get a little lost. Like if I'm not coaching, am I not about to book? So it's good to know what other people do. I'm going to play you a clip from your previous podcast episode. This is from 2017. So this is pre-series regular. One movie you had no idea was going to come out. One movie you had no idea even existed yet. I think everyone's going to need to hear. What do you wish you knew when you were that girl working at Joe Allen Restaurant or when you were that kid in New Orleans? Whatever you were when you wanted to be an actor, what do you wish you knew before you really started this career? And it can be big or small. It doesn't have to be anything life-changing. You know, I wish that I knew that it was it was 100% wholeheartedly okay to fucking believe in myself and to be confident and not give a fuck about what anybody else thinks or whatever. You know, I look back at at that young lady that I was and and I, and I had I had that it was a spark that like naturally came to me. Like I, I definitely had a, um, there was something at, at times it would come out like, you know, unapologetic, you know? Um, but I was also too, I think kind of using that as a mask. Like I, I, I put on a whole different persona because I didn't quite know who I was or who I was meant to be and really allow myself to be that. I wanted to replay that for you because that was bookings and bookings and eons of life ago. And you were already telling yourself to be who you are and to not take in other people's bullshit. How does that make you feel hearing that back? I mean, I'm just like, I'm sending so much love to that woman there, you know, and I feel like she's sending it back to me, but it's just so, it's so round the nose, you know, it's a daily practice, I would say, to just be okay with believing in myself and shining light and being confident no matter what. So yeah, it's refreshing to hear that and so freaking cool to hear that. And I hope that anybody listening now and hearing that again, like do that, like believe in yourself, seriously. I mean, there's so many reasons that we're told on a daily basis why not to believe in yourself. Got to tune that out, especially when you're like, I want to be an actor. You know, it's like, 
believe in yourself (laughs) for sure. Above everyone else. Yeah. Sierra, this has been fantastic. Is there any project, any place, anything you want to direct people to? Ooh, project place. I mean, look, right now I've kind of been in the lab. I'm like working on my little YouTube channel right now. So I should be putting that out. Yes, we love content. Yeah, just putting that out in October. We'll kind of stay tuned for that. But a lot of it is just about sharing what this lifestyle is of being an artist. And I also have a blog. It's called The In Tribe, and it stands for the Inspired Thriving Tribe. And you can go on there. It's The In Tribe. But, you know, there I just, I have, you know, writers that contribute, just share things about wellness tips, talk a little bit about beauty and fashion stuff. You know, like just a little online magazine. It's a way where I have an outlet to share stories and talk about experiences and things that I learned from. And I'm doing the same thing on the YouTube channel. So yeah, just a place to spread some knowledge and shine some light and hopefully entertain some people. Hell yeah. We fully support content creation from artists here. So thank you so much for taking this time, for coming back to us with so many layers. And I hope we do this again in five years and we can talk about so much more. I would love to. I would so love to do that. Let's see where we are in five years. Deal. So. Deal. That'll be five, six, 2027. Wow. Cheers to that. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Sam, I, I just, again, I adore you. I love you. I am so inspired by you. And so thank you again for having me back on. This was amazing. You're the best. All right, guys, we will talk to you in just a bit. <laughs>